Hey folks, this is Tom Bell. I'm here along with Michael Bowling. Before we get into the show, we just wanted to touch on some sad news that happened after we recorded our regular show, and that's the passing of original Mouseketeer and Nef Unicello. Michael? Um, for some of our younger diz- dizzers, they may not know who Annette Funicello is or may not understand why we're all so fond of her, some of us who remember Annette from our childhood. Just to tell you a little about her, um, in 12, when she was 12 years old, she was discovered by Walt Disney when she performed as a swan queen in Swan Lake at a dance recital. Um, Disney cast her as one of the original Mouseketeers, and she was the very last to be selected, but was one of the few cast members who was personally selected by Walt Disney. She ended up being the most popular of the Mouseketeers. She received over 6,000 letters every month. Um, Not only did she appear on the Mickey Mouse Club, she appeared in many of these sketches and dance routines um, on the Mickey Mouse Club, including the Spin and Marty series that a lot of us were very fond of. After the Mickey Mouse Club left the air, she remained under contract for Disney with the time. She was on television roles in Zorro, El Fago Baca, and the Horse Masters. She was very shy and very uncomfortable being thought of as a singer, but she had a number of pop record hits in the late 50s and early 60s written by the Sherman Brothers, um, including Tall Paul and um, Pineapple Princess. The Sherman Brothers really... They they feel that their career with Disney was because of writing that song, Tall Paul, for wow. Net Funicello, because it became such a big hit. Paul Anka had, a, the, the singer Paul Anka, had a crush on Annette, and, but Walt Disney overprotected her so much that he didn't allow Paul Anka anywhere near her, so this resulted in him writing the song Puppy Love, which was inspired by his hopeless romantic huh. crush on Annette. Um, if those of you who have the Disneyland Treasure series in the, in the tins, if you watch Disneyland After Dark, you can see Annette um, singing live um, at Disneyland. After her contract with Walt Disney ended, she moved on to become a teen idol and starred in a series of Disney beach party movies with Frankie Avalon. But Walt Disney requested that she wear only modest bathing suits and that she keep her navel covered. And that was a request that she honored out of respect for Walt Disney, whom she regarded as a second father to her. Um, A lot of us might remember her Skippy peanut butter commercials that she uh, did in 1979. She did write an autobiography in 1994, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes, My Story, and it was made into a television movie in 1995, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes, the Annette Funicello story. And at the very end of the film, uh, she does make a live appearance. Um, in 1992, she was inducted as a Disney legend. Uh, in 1987, she reunited with Frankie Avalon for a series of promotional concerts to promote their film Back to the Beach. And that's when she began to suffer dizzy spells. But she kept her failing health from her family and friends for years. But in 1992, amid public rumors that she was... Um, she was an alcoholic. She announced that she was um, suffering from multiple sclerosis because her ability to walk was being impaired, and people thought it was because she was um, 
inebriated. So she wanted to clear that up. Um, in 1993, she opened the Annette Funicello Fund for Neurological Disorders at the California Community Foundation. Uh, over time, the, the disease took a really heavy toll on her. Um, it severely damaged her nervous system. She ultimately lost the ability to walk and the ability to speak and required round-the-clock care. And on April 8th, she um, passed away at Mercy Southwest Hospital in Bakersfield, California at the age of 70 from complications due to the multiple sclerosis. She was uh, surrounded by her family at the time. Um, I thought Diane Disney Miller, in, in her memory, said something very nice. She said, it's difficult to be brief in paying tribute to this lovely woman. Everyone who worked with and knew her loved and respected her. She was totally unaffected by her fame and popularity. Ever the consummate professional, she was always willing and ready to step in when something unexpected happened. She was kind to everyone. Ron, who's Ron Miller, Diane Disney Miller's husband, recalls that she brought a good feeling to the set as she was always up and in good spirits. I was profoundly touched by her loyalty to my dad. We had something in common there. She inspired the same loyalty among her closest friends who supported her during her long illness. Ron and I offer our sincerest sympathy and great respect to Glenn, who's her husband, and the whole world knew and loved Annette Funicello. Um, you know, in my days when I wore the mouse ears, um, I was able to meet Annette Funicello several times. I was a little too young to, I guess, understand the significance of it. I knew who she was. Of course, we all did. And, and we respected, of course, the, the original Mouseketeers. When we'd meet them, they, of course, were off to do other things. They had appearances to make and things like that. And they were always very kind to us. But, uh, what I do remember, because I, I don't have real strong memories but uh, due to my youth, but I do remember Annette took the time to talk to us. And I think she understood our anxieties that perhaps we were going through because – and I think it was because she was so shy and, and had a lot of anxieties just being in front of the camera and being in the spotlight. And I just remember that she would talk to us and uh, encourage us. And and then she would go to where she had to go. So I was always impressed that such a nice adult took time out for this group she didn't really know and um, and would just talk to us. So I, I just have very fond memories of her just being just really sweet and being really nice. And I think this has affected people in a way that perhaps the passing of other Mouseketeers hasn't because we all had such a strong connection to her. You know, she was America's sweetheart. And, you know, I, I'm not old enough to, to have seen the original club on television. But, you know, I think for a lot of us, you know, that, that's a connect, that she was a connection to our childhood and to days we remember as being simpler. And being where, you know, we could go outside and our parents didn't worry about us and we could come home when the streetlights went on when or when the church bells rang. And, you know, it was easy to keep the world outside of the house because we didn't have the Internet. And we were, we lived a more protected and innocent childhood. And Annette was sort of the embodiment of that innocent, happy-go-lucky childhood that, 
you know, we, we now all remember, you know, it's in an idealistic way. Well, and I think also for Disney fans, it's just another connection to Walt that's gone. Exactly. And we're losing those connections right, all the right. time. And, and it won't be much longer before we don't have those direct connections right. to Walt anymore. So I think this is perhaps why it is affecting sort of the Disney fans a lot more. We, we've, we've lost a really significant connection to Walt, but we've really lost a significant connection to our childhood as well. So, you know, I, I think we all just are, are, are thankful that, you know, we had, we had a net to sort of, you know, enter our lives and cheer us up and also, you know, she was really a role model for people who are struggling with health right now, you know, because she always kept, you know, a real positive attitude and a positive spirit. And that her husband as the caregiver was a real inspiration for caregivers as well. So, um, you know, we'll miss you, Annette. And as everybody is saying, you know, now's the time to say goodbye. You know, and this time it's the company saying goodbye to Masketeer Annette. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition, episode 125, for the week of April 11, 2013. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Wayne Toygo, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this week's show, Diz Senior Editor Leah Zanola is back for more trip planning help, and Michael and special guest Sam Ginaway talk about the newest window on Main Street. All that plus this week's news, Roundtable Rapid Fire, and our Diz Board's Thread of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Welcome Greetings. back, Wayne. We missed you a little. Gee, thanks. <laughs> oh, I missed you a lot, Wayne. Oh, I have a bone to pick. We're having our monorail. Our, our, we were gonna, we were gonna just take the nation by storm, and you weren't there, and there was nothing there's I could do. Next, there's always next year. I was just surprised that the teacups won overall. That was just a complete. Shock. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you have people going back to. Hey, wait! I didn't hear that part. Um, Got to mention coasting for kids. There's still time to sign up. That's June 9th at. Knott's Berry Farm or any Cedar Fair Park across the country. Uh, ride roller coasters for eight hours to benefit the kids of the world. Um, I will have links to all that in the show notes, but I'm hoping we can get some more people signed up because it's going to be proved to be a fun time. Any of you? No. Okay. Uh, my, Sorry. My friend, my friend Mary Jo's not here, so okay. I don't want to puke on you, man. Oh, that'd be fun. What's the ride again? The Jaguar. Jaguar. Okay, I might. I, I thought I was going to be out of town that weekend. I might be available. We we'll see. I'm still holding it open. I'm not count, Andrew would count, have a great counting time. it out yet. Andrew would have a great time, Tony. I am sure West, he would. Wes will be there. Okay. It's West not a matter right. of not wanting to do it. It's a matter of whether I'm going to be in town or not. Gotcha. Um, any housekeeping besides that? I have one. Okay, go ahead. Um, mine's a follow-up to um, Tony's report a couple weeks ago about the Market House forcing out the Disneyana shop. Well, when I was Jerks. doing a little research, well, when Disneyland opened, 
I found out the Disney Anna shop was part of the market house. Um, what happened was just a few months before so Disneyland was set to open, okay. Walt wanted a small um, alcove to be built at the back end of the market house. And this is when the market house sold poultry and butter and milk <laughs> and all kinds of things like that. So, and Swift um, was going to be um, was the sponsor of Market House Swift and Company Meats, and they also um, ran the Red Wagon Inn and the Chicken Plantation in Frontierland. So it was their hundredth year in business. So the Market House um, was set aside to house this huge fake birthday cake with a um, hundred candles, and it was topped with the Swift Centennial emblem. And then it had all kinds of scenes cut into the cake. It was like a century of um, the progress in food preparation. <laughs> it sounds real cool, doesn't it? Well, they built a special room for it, and this was called the birthday cake room in the back of the market house. And this is the alcove now that's that circular round um, art gallery that's in the Disneyana oh, shop. Okay. That was the birthday cake room. And so afterwards, after their centennial celebration, the cake was rolled out, and they had a lot of antique nickel-operated music um, machines, and they had um, seats where people could just sit back there and and eat and drink, and it was just a restful place. So now I don't feel quite as bad right. that... Disney Anna shops being moved out since that was an original location for the market house. Excellent. Thank you for the yeah. research. You're welcome. <laughs> Any other housekeeping? Don't forget chat night, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Um, if you need to email the Disney 9 team or get a hold of us or send us feedback, that's dlpodcast at www.info.com. All our show notes and links to all our shows and everything we talk about can be found at disunplugged.com. Um, and I think that's all I have on my list. If we don't have anything else, no, going once, twice, nope. Okay, that's sort of to Tony with the news. Okay, federal judge has awarded eight thousand dollars to a quadriplegic man who was stuck on Disney's "It's a Small World" for about thirty minutes after the ride broke down. U.S. District Judge James Selna, who had dismissed the bulk of the suit brought by Jose Martinez and his wife. Christina Buchanan Martinez ruled Friday after a bench trial that Disney, quote, should have known that there was a likelihood of harm to a disabled person as reflected in its own standards for that ride, unquote. Oh, Disney. I'm sorry, go ahead, finish. Oh, geez, was not part of the official article. <laughs> that, Disney was, that was a quote from Susie from Brown. Tom Bell. No, that was your <laughs> quote, Tom Bell. A Disney official said in a statement that Disneyland Resort believes it provided all appropriate assistance to Mr. and Mrs. Martinez when the ride temporarily stopped and is disappointed that the court did not fully agree. Martinez's attorney, David Geffen, said Wednesday his clients were on the, their first visit to the amusement park on November 27, 2009, expecting to have fun, and got on the It's a Small World ride. The ride had broken down twice earlier that day and did again after Martinez, who uses a wheelchair, and Buchanan Martinez were on it, Geffen said. Martinez was stuck in the cave of the goodbye room with the music blaring, other people being evacuated, and he was requesting they would move his boat a little bit, so he could get out of the cave, Geffen said. He immediately told them he has panic attacks and that he takes medications. They had no way to evacuate, he said. Adding Martinez needed to use the restroom and suffers from dysreflexia, which elevates blood pressure to dangerous levels. 
Disney employees did not give a warning specifically developed for those who could not evacuate in the event of a ride stoppage, he said. Had Martinez known in advance, he could have chosen not to ride or could have used a restroom beforehand, his lawyer said. Selma found Disney had a duty to give an adequate warning and did not do so. In an operating manual, Disney expressed recog- expressly recognized the potential for harm or inconvenience to a disabled guest, he said. The judge previously granted Disney's motion to dismiss most of Martinez's case, alleging Disney did not have adequate evacuation procedures in place for the disabled. I find a breach of the common law duty to provide safe premises, Selma said Friday. I find that the breach caused harm to Mr. Martinez and that he was stuck on the ride. I find he was further harmed by not having the option to make an informed decision as to whether he wanted to take the ride, notwithstanding the possibility of inconvenience in the event of an outage. Go ahead. Enjoy. Discuss. Um. I don't. I know where how all of a sudden the more leaning conservative guy is like okay with all these lawsuits. I don't know why it seems like you guys are all against them. I'm like, you got eight grand. No, okay, okay, that's. It's not a lot of money. It's not a lot of money. No, it's it's kind of the judge's way of saying okay, yeah, next please. It's it's a way of of settling the case so it can't be presented again. Right. Which is a good thing. And getting him out of the courtroom, I mean, yeah. I Getting him out of the courtroom rather than the cave of goodbyes. To the cave of goodbyes, <laughs> yes. I I I I don't know. I, I if the judge really wanted to make a point or reward the the plaintiff, it would have been a lot more than eight thousand dollars. Yeah. I don't know where that that amount comes in and I don't it's like to me, it's it's kind of maybe there's and, some legal reason for eight thousand. Yeah, I don't know. And and Disney is their official line is well, you know, something about you know that that they don't feel they should want they sh- they you know that there there was any merit in the in the lawsuit. But I can just imagine their lawyers high fiving each other after the, <laughs> if, when they when they hear an eight thousand dollar verdict. Really, yeah. Do you? Th- oh, that's a good question too. Um, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, do you? Do you think? Like, did Disney offer them anything before the lawsuit? I don't think so. Yeah, I was just curious. You know, you try, try to settle it. You mean? Yeah. Well, we wouldn't have heard. I don't think. But. Yeah. I wonder if they like lost money. If they could have just eight thousand, maybe they Disney oh, offered ten, and they go, "Oh, we're gonna sue you," and then oh, we lost two grand. Yeah, really, huh? Well, wasn't their big uh, complaint that all they did was offer Mickey and Minnie to to kowtow for him while they went to first aid yeah, <laughs> or something well, like they that? Felt that was yeah, they felt they were being patronized. So, uh, you know, I, you know, working in healthcare, I I see a couple different sides to this. Okay. So, <sighs> I'm just. Not, you could be stuck worse places. Right. And one of their, one of their big things was that why didn't they shut the ride down for them? Why didn't they turn off the music for him? (laughs) And that's very, that's extremely difficult to do from shutting down those rides for the night is Isn't that one of the rides that they don't, they don't even turn it off? They just like lower the music and you know, I've never asked. The, the little figures still move. 
No, I think they. I think that the little figures are offline. Okay. Thought there was. One I mean, they have to be. Otherwise, those costumes would be. I mean, those costumes are continuously in repair, but yeah. they would have to have twice the the, no. the wardrobe team working on them if that was the case. I mean, they they shut down pirates at night. They, I know that for a fact. I've never asked if they've shut down Small World, but I'm assuming they do. But when you consider the size of an attraction like that, shutting down the music would be a very, very last-ditch effort. Uh-huh. I mean, you can't expect, you know, for just minor downtime, you can't expect Disney to turn around and make that concession, right. especially if they don't know that you're having issues. Uh, the flaw I see in the, in the guy's point was we don't know exactly how many times Disney checked on them. I mean, they, I'm sure, you know, if they were saying, well, they told us we couldn't get off for a while because it, it wasn't at a point where we could actually get someone off. Right. Now, his, they say his wife recorded what was going on, and you can hear a Disney cast member repeatedly ask if he was yeah. doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, then they don't have a bitch, because they've got somebody checking on him. I'm going to have you know, to edit they, this podcast, too? Dang it. Oh, man, I'm sorry, I just realized what I just did. <laughs> Go ahead, finish. <laughs> no, the, they shouldn't have that horrible of a complaint. If someone was with them during the times, you right. know, they've made an effort to be able to take care of that person for as, as much as they can during the evac till they can get them far enough out to get them out of the boat. It's just a risk that, you know, unfortunately when you have to load someone in a chair that's not able to move themselves out or even get in and out of the boat. You know, when you've got one of those um, pieces where the ECV is strapped in or the wheelchair is strapped right. strapped down and locked down on, on the attraction thing, you can't just pick that thing up at any point. It's not like handling a different type of disability. I mean, Disney goes out of their way for disabilities. They do. Yep. And, I don't know, I, how many of us have been stuck on Small World when something's happened? Nope, never. Never. I have. And, you know, maybe it was only for like ten minutes. I've been stuck on Pirates for longer, especially if they're having a bad unload. I've had to go through Pirates twice one time. Really? We missed we missed the dock. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I've never told that story on the on the on the on the podcast. No. Okay, so we, we you know we went around, you know, pirates and we're we're getting ready to get back to the dock, you know, where the where the map is and the and the parrot and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there's we're in like the second to the last row and the last row there's like a high school age kid that just starts complaining about how awful the ride was. That ride really sucked. I hated that ride, blah, 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 blah. So we get to the dock, and we overshoot it (laughs) and have to go all the way through the ride again. Talk about karma. Disney karma, yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> I bet he was whiny and inconsolable yeah. the entire time. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, we don't have an answer for you, Tony. Okay, wow, that was a long discussion. <laughs> we could okay. beat it to death with a horse, but I'm yeah. really glad it's out of we, the court and it'll stay yeah. we, out of the court. We can beat it to death? Well, okay. if we all keep talking about it even more. We I could... was referring to you as the pronoun <laughs> you instead of we. That's okay. Okay, that's okay. Ooh, Mr. Walter Cronkite's been all ticked off. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> and that's the news. Okay, here we go. Next story. OC tourism hit a five-year high in 2012. Nearly 900,000 more tourists flocked to Orange County last year than in 2011. And they spent a lot more money, attracted in part by Disney California Adventures' new Cars Land, according to a report released by the Anaheim Orange County Visitor and Conventions Bureau and CIC Research. In 2012, an estimated 43.8 million visitors came to the county, up 2.1% from the 42.9 million in 2011. It was the best showing for tourism since 2007, when 44.3 million visitors traveled here. The record was 44.9 million visitors in 2006. Total visitor spending rose to $8.7 billion, a 12.3% increase over $7.7 billion in 2011. Visitors spent an average of, let's make this interactive, what do you think they spent an average of a day? I know this isn't really Walter Conkite-ish news, but this is a Disneyland podcast, so... What do you think? Five thousand dollars. Lower. A <laughs> um, uh, hundred and fifty. Lower. Four hundred. Lower. <laughs> lower. Yes, lower. Well, this is per person, right? Yeah, this isn't just Disneyland. I mean, this is going to Orange County. Yes. So, are they talking uh, discretionary spending, or are they talking things like hotel? Also? <laughs> this was just the spur of the moment, me stopping and pausing in the middle of the reading. No, no, no. But I'm no. saying that visitors saying spent an it... average of blank a day last year. I'm assuming it's not including not including hotel hotels. Oh, eighty. Mm. Wayne, seventy-five. Wow. See, oh, this Wayne is and like Michael prices, are... right? Yes, it is. Wayne and Michael. The correct hotel price. Visitors okay, spend average of because oh, you were asking questions. How much? <laughs> now you've got 68. an idea. Okay, visitors <laughs> average eighty four dollars a day last year. Nice guess with eighty compared with seventy five dollars in two thousand eleven. That's wow. pretty Ding ding ding. Yeah. Skip Hole, vice president of CIC Research, attributed the increase to an improving economy into Cars Land, which opened in June. It's not every day you get a new attraction like that. He said. The Walt Disney Company does not release attendance figures by theme park, but credited Disneyland for much of the 7% increase in parks and resorts revenues for the company's quarter ending December 31st. The tourism report said spending on amusement and attractions jumped 29% last year to $1.9 billion. Spending on lodging, $2.2 billion, and meals, $2.1 billion, rose 9% each. Anaheim has been a big recipient of additional tourists. The report estimated 18.5 million people visited Anaheim last year, a 6% increase, and they spent an estimated 5.2 billion, up 13%. Earlier this year, the Anaheim Convention Center opened the 100,000 square foot outdoor special event space, the Grand Plaza, with great fanfare, said Jay Buris, chief executive of the Visitor and Convention Bureau, in the, re- in the report. We anticipate continued growth and awareness of Anaheim and Orange County as a leading vacation and convention destination. 
Looking ahead, CIC's Hall believes Orange County tourism will continue slow but steady growth this year. While international traffic from Europe may be down due to the debt crisis, he believes Orange County will benefit from increasing Asian visits. Tourism will also benefit from the economic recovery in Southern California. About 57% of Orange County visitors come from the region. James Rasulo, Disney's chief financial officer, told analysts in February that domestic reservations in the first quarter of this year were increasing at a 4% pace over last year and booking rates were up by high single digits. There you go. Excellent. Disney did their job. Yeah, well, do you, what do you guys think? I thought one of the quotes that was interesting to me was the 57% of Orange County visitors come from the region. I mean, so that's not just Disneyland, but that's all of Orange County. But I mean, what else are you doing other than going to Knott's and Brea? (laughs) Definitely Tom. That's um, just me. Visiting me. um, Saying that folks don't spend a lot of time at home working on their gardens. Yeah, exactly. It's true. So. Well, you and I are gonna, we're not going out anymore, so. To, to restaurants anyway. Oh, yes. Oh, if you guys haven't heard, we can Tom and I have off. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. The romance is <laughs> We just have to stay, we just have to stay in now, but. Yeah, we're gonna have to order in and, you know, rent a movie with some wine. Um, no. We have the no. worst, worst service when we go. Wherever we go. And places that we've gone, that I've gone separately, great service. As soon as Tom and I are there, forget about it. Just bad service. It's like every time he comes Tom. down. Mm-hmm. I think it is. I do. This is you. No, but together. So what was the place recently? Well, I don't want to. No, but there have been multiple places. It was it was a oh, local okay. local Mexican chain. Like a one. yeah yeah uh, a local, one uh, of those like sit not down burritos. Okay. No no these aren't Disney places. It's just we go to random places around Orange County and we seem to have bad service whenever we're together. Well, and that place was not only bad service, it was the food wasn't all that. Well, I know, but it's hard. But we had a coupon, so it was all good. We had it was this coupon, and you offered, and so I felt <laughs> like I should help out by giving you the coupon, and so we're gonna start going to higher end places. Yes, huh? we are. You're cutting coupons together. No, not together. Soon they're gonna be scrapbooks. <laughs> no, we're not gonna be. Oh friends. my gosh, yeah. Can you imagine no. the little pages they'll come up with? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I anyways, use, and, yeah. and let's not use the word little. Our thanks. first fast food Mexican. Yeah, no, yes, no. The deal is he stays at Hotel Sotel and takes me out to dinner. Oh, wait. Oh, hmm. <laughs> worse. That sounds worse. You're right. Never mind. Forget it. Let's Does this. he sing to you? No, he doesn't. Ooh. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> but if you come down, Michael, and stay, or Wayne, you can sing if you guys want to, and maybe we could see different, you know... Different qualities of service. <laughs> but I'm maybe, sure they probably take me. You have the checklist, Tony. Yeah. yeah, they'd probably take me to a nicer place. Yeah, I'm sure they would. No. It's, That's the news, kind of. <laughs> it's time for rapid fire. Let's start with Michael. Okay, well, Marvel is officially coming to Disneyland. Um, yeah, yep. Wow. Disney announced it. <laughs> that, that really... um. Tickled her fancy there, didn't it? Hey, man, as long as I can look at Robert Downey Jr.'s butt, it's all good. (laughs) Not sure that's going to be on display. (laughs) Um, Disney announced... That's, again, Fantasyland. There we go. 
Disney announced an exhibit called Iron Man Tech, presented by Stark Industries, will open in Disneyland's Innoventions on April 13th, promoting the upcoming release of Iron Man 3. Inside, there will be set pieces from the film, and it will be accompanied by interactive displays. Included will be Tony Stark's Hall of Armor with Iron Man suits Mark 1 through 7, with a chance to virtually suit up in a simulation-firing repulsor blasts. Disney and Marvel previously displayed an Iron Man 3 Hall of Armor at the 2012 San Diego Comic-Con, and it's likely that Interventions will, uh, Interventions display will be similar, if not the same one, with added interactive features. Um, so, I don't know, did anybody go to Comic-Con and see this? Nope. No. no. One of these years I want to go to Comic-Con. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I I hear it's more nightmarish than the D twenty three X. Yeah, I'm sure so. it probably is. Well, so it's a um, madhouse. Yeah. yeah. So rumors. Fun, I've heard it's cool. Mm-hmm. So rumors have circulated amongst fans since Disney's two thousand and nine acquisition of Marvel, wondering when and how superheroes would make their way into a theme park. Many have suggested that Disneyland's less than popular interventions should be entirely made over into a Stark. Expo theme from oh, Iron Man so 2, cool. which has it had its roots in Disney's own history dating mm-hmm. back to the 64-65 World's Fair. And, and even the famed songwriting Sherman Brothers penned a tune for Iron Man 2 called mm-hmm. Make Way for Tomorrow Today, a follow-up t- uh, in a way to their Carousel of Progress attraction theme, There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. So, Mean But Florida since I'm going to walk their side of the kingdom for a moment. Not to be outdone, Disney World recently debuted an Iron Man 3 monorail rap promoting the upcoming film. The well, Iron a Man- rap about the monorail and Iron Man? That's cool. Yeah. Like, like a rap? Like, <laughs> like an Iron Man monorail hitting it off like that? That's pretty good. Yeah. No, that was not I pretty good. Not good. <laughs> no, I can't. Yeah. yeah. The we yeah. I thought that'd be cool. They need that. I want a monorail Iron Man rap. I do. I'm gonna write one. It'll be on the next show. It'll be on your next album. Okay, you heard him. It's on the next. Well, show. no, it's yeah, it's on the next Life Steel. Oh wait, should we announce, Michael, that we are gonna do a joint album? Lifestyle <laughs> and glow, um, global hygiene <laughs> revolution. 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 Yeah, we're gonna tour together. It's gonna be like a Palooza thing. <laughs> nice. Okay, sorry. I totally and after we'll take you the monorail rap. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the, the Iron Man tech exhibit will be in Disneyland Park through September. Iron Man 3 opens in theaters May 3rd. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Nancy. Alrighty, folks. April is an exciting month as far as merchandise is going. First, we've got the limited time magic of the cone hats. Yes, indeed, you too could pretend you are Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story <laughs> 2, putting the cone on top of the head, going across the street. That's funny. You could even I, do it in little bursts. There's a kid trying them on, and he, he put it on, and it went all the way down to his shoulders. <laughs> funny. <laughs> totally disappeared. Luckily, That's the, awesome. The, I actually think they're kind of cool. The cast member, of course, pointed out that there's a little adjustable thing in there, so they sit on their head, but it was funnier with his head all the way in the cone. And, of course, our Disneyland food merchandising folks have not to be topped 
We now have the Dumbo popcorn buckets. I love it Dumb when we steal things from so Florida. They are cute, but then, you know, they stole our Dumbo design with the fountains. I put up a, I put up on my Facebook page, I put up a cover photo of my favorite part about the Dumbo ride, which was the little fountains underneath, and now they have those in now the new Fantasyland yeah. Dumbo, and, you know, they can leave well enough alone. No. They had a boring Dumbo, so at least maybe it's a little better now. <laughs> Jeez. And then, because April is Earth Month, the, you know how we always have new apples just about every month? The folks at D- Disneyland's Confectionery Kitchens make cool caramel apples. Our caramel apples are truly one of those things you should really get and at least try once. Uh-huh. And this month, the special apple is covered in milk chocolate, covered in crushed chocolate cookie sandwiches, i.e. Oreos, and decorated with gummy worms, topped off with a drizzle of both dark and white chocolate. Yes, it is a worms and dirt apple. Yum. Doesn't that sound good? Oh, my gosh. And then through the rest of April, since, you know, Easter was the weekend of March, March, transitioning, transitioning, they're still selling... At the Candy Palace, they're still going to sell um, specially made um, chocolate Easter eggs. Chocolate cream, chocolate nut, vanilla nut, peanut butter, and black walnut. Spring eggs. Yes, they look absolutely delicious. And I don't know, but probably through the month, there's probably still going to be the Easter Bunny apple. They they had it at the end of last month, so we'll see. And um, they've got an uber gourmet apple, which is going to cost more, which is... This ungodly creation that looks like it's rolled in dark, it's dipped in dark chocolate, then rolled in chocolate chips and white chocolate chips, and then drizzled with dark chocolate. It looks, oh, it looks awesome. So anyway, the, the apples run you anywhere from nine ninety nine for an apple to twelve ninety nine. Sheesh. Okay. They're but handmade. they're huge. Handmade. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, and I discovered the secret to those. There's a vanilla-infused apple. I can't remember what they're called, but I've seen them at local grocery stores here and there. Those are actually the type of apples they use when they make their apples. I I saw them wheeling boxes one day, and I'm like, no way. So that's the the secret to making your caramel apples at home taste like Disney caramel Disney apples. Caramel, yes. Is to get the vanilla infused ones. So there you go. Food, Thank food, and more food. Thank you, Nancy. Wayne? We all know about the whole My Magic Plus conversion and the RFID wristbands and the key cards and FastPass Plus and all the next-gen changes that are happening out in Disney World. The details about that seem to change daily, and up until now, most of that has not affected us here at Disneyland and won't, um, at least until we start seeing the conversions start happening out here, and that isn't scheduled for at least a year. But we'll be watching as the programs and features start rolling out. However, there is one item which does affect some of us Disneyland folks, and that's the conversion of the Premier Passports. Now, in Florida, 
they are finally letting annual pass holders convert their paper passport cards to the new plastic RFID cards. Pass holders are given the choice of one of four different style cards, each with a different Disney character on them. The new cards are the RFID type and have the Disney World annual passport user information tied to them. However, for Premier Pass holders, it works a bit differently. Until Disneyland finishes converting to the whole RFID system, our passports need to maintain the barcode and the magnetic stripe system for entry into Disneyland and for obtaining our fast passes. Additionally, we would also need the RFID feature to use the systems in Florida. So, if you want to convert a premier passport to the new system, you will not get one of the special Disney character RFID cards, but instead will get a special card which actually looks very similar to your existing gold card. And this still has the barcode and the magnetic stripes so that it works out here in Disneyland and is also imprinted with the RFID card so that it works out in Florida. The interesting thing is that it takes a special printer to create the RFID cards that have the barcode and the magnetic stripe, and that technology wasn't working when I was in Disney World during Easter week. But I understand it's supposed to be up and running soon, if not by now, and if you wanted to convert your premier passport to an RFID passport, you'd be able to. Now, the question is, is it worth it? As of this report, they were still working out how FastPass Plus were going to be assigned to annual pass holders. And when I was in Disney World, that wasn't available yet. You could use your RFID to get in entry into the parks, but that was for, that was about it for annual pass holders. Every park in Disney World still has the standard card readers with the fingerprint scanners. What I found is that with all the confusion around the new RFID entry points and with Disney pointing almost everyone over to those readers, the old-style card reader turnstiles were almost unused. In every case, for every day over a week, I was able to enter the parks faster with my standard, non-upgraded Premier Passport than those who were trying to get through the RFID readers. I found no trouble at all using my standard Premier for entry, for obtaining fast passes, or in using them from the, the card for merchandise discounts. So, until some of the confusion dies down, which may be, may be quite a while, or until some of the RFID features become available, my recommendation for us Disneyland-based Premier Passport holders is don't upgrade. It just doesn't seem worth it at this time. One other note about prices. As you know, our Disneyland annual passports now cost a pretty penny. If you're planning a trip to Disney World for three days or more, you really need to consider doing the math and seeing if upgrading to a Premier will save you money. 
In most cases, it will. Mm -hmm. Plus, you will get the extra discounts and benefits like free parking, and even some of the restaurants out there are now giving dining discounts for annual passes. So that makes even more makes it even more cost effective. Yeah, I just upgraded mine. The difference is two hundred and twenty-seven dollars between a premium and a premier. And a good thing you, you, you pointed that out. When you're figuring the total cost of the upgrade, be <laughs> sure to include Florida state taxes. On half the amount. It's when scary. you upgrade, Florida makes us pay Florida state tax, yeah. which does increase the overall cost a bit, so be sure to take that into account. Bottom line, if you're a Disneyland annual passport holder, Consider upgrading to a premiere if you're going out to Disney World, but right at this moment, there's really no need to convert to an RFID pass at this time. Excellent. Thank you, Wayne. Speaking of Disney World, I will be out there. When does the show go up? Um, I'll be out there next week. No. What is today? Yeah, next week. The week of the 14th through the 20th. So if you want to see... A Disneyland person in Disney World, follow along on Twitter or my Facebook or all of that. So, should be good times. Um, my turn for rapid fire. The Anaheim Resort Transportation, the ART, announced that they will be providing transportation services between Anaheim Stadium and several of Anaheim's entertainment and dining venues beginning April 9th. And that service is going to be offered every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday when the Angels are playing at home. The continuous shuttle will run between Anaheim Stadium and three different locations. I'll give you those to you in a minute. Uh, starting 90 minutes prior to the time of each scheduled game. And you can get a return shuttle beginning around the seventh inning of the game. Um they are also talking about making that available to the Mighty Ducks, depend, or the, the Anaheim Ducks, depending on how this turns out. Let me give you those locations. I, I did some digging. The two locations are normal art stops, and they are the Garden Walk in front of the Cheesecake Factory on Catella, and the Convention Center at the Grand Plaza. The third stop is not a normal art stop because it's at downtown Disney. It is the, it's going to be the, uh, in the valet area of downtown Disney, they will uh, be able to get a bus to Anaheim Stadium, Angel Stadium. So that's kind of cool. And of course, we did a show on art, uh, the other week, so, you can refer back to that, but it's $5 a day or $3 for each ride, and that will get you to Angel Stadium. Tony. Okay, SeaWorld, San is Diego. San has, Diego? Okay. Yeah. It is in San Diego because I'm the only one that cares. <laughs> um, SeaWorld San Diego has a pull-to-pull 5K fun run. And it's April 20th, and I think I'm going to do it. Yeah. As I was researching Rapid Fire, I need to get running again. And 5K, come on. I could crawl that thing. Well, I say that now. I'm going to pull something. Um, pull the pull, pull 5K fun run. Okay. So it's April 20th, 2013, and it's second annual, so they just started it, benefiting the nonprofit Hub Sea World Research Institute. 
And you can register at SeaWorldParks.com, search San Diego, and it's on one of their pages. Um, it's a 5K to sprint or stroll by sea lions, dolphins, birds, and shamu. Runners, walkers, and of course animals will cheer you on as you support conservation efforts around the world. Participants will meet costume characters and animal ambassadors and learn about conservation efforts. I don't know how I'm going to do that while I'm running, but okay, well, I guess I'll find out. From the Hub SeaWorld Research Institute and the SeaWorld and Bush Gardens Conservation Fund and SeaWorld experts, registered runners will get their second annual pole-to-pole fun run t-shirt and $15 off race day admission to enjoy a day at SeaWorld. If you would have been in one of the first 500 restaurant restaurants, registrants, you could have got a free admission to the park. And let's find out exactly how much it is because it doesn't say. So a live clicking through. <laughs> and where's the price? It's free. 15? Oh, it's $35. Okay. It's $25 if you want to watch. So, what? Well, I mean, you're getting into the uh, park, park, I okay, yeah. guess. This is, I, I, yeah, I don't know what that, but, um, oh wait, it includes a light breakfast. Costco muffins, I guess. <laughs> Banana. Fun run t-shirt and $15 off. So, there you go. Cool. Thank you, Tony. It is time for the thread of the week. This one comes to us from Chonacy, a fairly new reader on the boards. Any less obvious can't misses for Cars fans? I have been lurking and learning here for about a year, and just signed up, uh, since we initially planned our trip last summer for the opening of Cars Land. Fortunately, we had to cancel our trip. Fortunately? Okay. Due to unforeseen circumstances and are grateful we didn't have to fight the insane crowds that week. We have rebooked for June 9th through the 13th in a Howard Johnson Kids Suite. Our kids, which are five or seven, five and seven, are huge Cars fan and are less familiar with Disney characters. We will have four day park hoppers and are planning to spend two days at each park. Then why do you have the hoppers? Sorry. I'm, I'm done with the commentary. I have done That's much. That's why we don't get good service, Tom, right there. <laughs> I have done much reading here regarding Raider Springs Racer strategies and will utilize those to ride as many times as we can, as well as visit the other Cars Land ride and, and restaurants. Are there any other events, activities, slash activities that would appeal, appeal to our kids? I read briefly about a button pin collection. Any information on that? Any opinions of ride makers? Anything else to do or buy that our Cars Living kids would enjoy? Thanks in advance. Um, people do talk about ride makers, um, and of course meet, meeting Mater and Lightning McQueen. But are there any other hidden things really in Cars Land that five or seven year olds would enjoy? Anyone? Mm. Well, in Ramon's House of Body Art, they have mm-hmm. those custom automobile hoods, and okay. there's hidden Mickey's painted right. in them. So if the children are into finding hidden Mickey's, that could be a fun way to pass a few moments in a day. And I think they even have a pin set um, well, of those the, custom the hoods. There's the buttons for answering Cars trivia. Yeah. The, that you that, can get that, I, it sounds like Cars, the, they would be all into that. Um, that's the the cast members at the, at the store, at the retail locations, will have buttons with fake fake car characters on them, not, not our normal friends. But different made-up car characters, and if you answer a trivia question or do a scavenger hunt or something like that, you'll get a free button. 
And what are there, like six of them? Uh, yes, and we actually yeah. talked about that on another show. Yeah. Good and the yellow that. ones are apparently hard to find. Right. You got anything, Wayne? Any suggestions for them? I am racking my brain for what else would right. hit that age group good. Right. Um, somebody, somebody suggested the Shaboom with the neon lights. Um, yeah. Definitely uh, walk to flows from flows to the Pacific Wharf and back. Yep. So they're talking about walking, you know, walking by where Radio Springs Racers, where you can see the the cars go by. Um, you know, definitely catch re- catch the Reds show and catch the um and catch DJs. Uh-huh. The DJ show that's definitely fun. Um, Get a Lightning McQueen popcorn bucket. Yep. Yep. Eat, definitely that. Eat, eat your way through the cones. And uh, yep, eat your way through the cones, and then also get your your souvenir cone. Mug. And and but I think get the big one, not the small one. <laughs> big one, not small. That's all I guess. Um, and oh, make, the I'm sorry. Make sure you stop by Mater's Petting Zoo. Oh yeah, take a picture with the with the tractor. Yeah, take a yeah. picture with the tractor at the petting at, at the petting zoo. And and don't discount. And I I think we've if you've listened to this podcast enough to know, don't discount Mater's Junkyard Jamboree and Luigi's Flying Tires. Yes, definitely. Those, those are awesome rides. Did I just say that? Oh. Well, you know, the cue to... One of the things we never talk about is the cue to Luigi's. And there is so much stuff oh, in those, the, in, move out of the cars, bulletin boards? out of the tire room. Yeah, look, can, at, yeah, look at those meters. I can read those yes. bulletin boards all day. And there's even references in Cars 2 in the queue as well. Uh-huh. And oh, so, I know. So if they the watch those shorts in that film, they can pick out all the things that are from the shorts in, in the queue. Yep, and the, even the John Lassatire autograph. Yep. <laughs> well, and the, and the the queue for Baders is kind of cool, too, with all oh, the different yeah. costumes. and Trying to remember which, you know, which accessories belong yeah. to which short. And yeah. <laughs> There's and a couple we haven't seen, i got to admit. I've never seen the one with the band and the, ba- the heavy metal band with the bat wings. Nice. But, Those yeah. are so cool bat wings. Lots of fun, lots of fun ways to spend a day in Sad Cars Land. Yep. I don't know if I could spend a whole day in Cars Land, but I have. You have times. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All, right. <Yep. laughs> All right. Thank you, team. Thanks for your input. Be sure to visit the boards and check out that thread and. Give your input. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland segments this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.